1: Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli.
0: I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Winka I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast.
1: Well, hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to another daily Billie Jean King Cup Finals podcast. We'll mostly be covering the Billie Jean King Cup finals today, but we'll also be giving you a little bit of a bonus preview of the ATP finals, which are due to start here in Turin in a couple of days' time. And I say here because I am in Turin. I'm in about the most Turin-y bit of Turin you can be because I'm in a hotel that is uh, on the site of the uh, an old Fiat factory, and it does feel, I mean, it's, it's very nice, very very functional. Everything works, lovely. Uh, but it does feel a little bit like I'm in a factory. <laughs> um, and it possibly sounds like it too. So please bear that in mind. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> with any e- with any echoes that you're hearing over the course of this podcast, Matt, of course, is in Seville. Hello, Matt. Hello, I'm
2: in my usual position, which about two minutes ago was was occupied by Katarina Siniakova and Barbara Kwechikova. So we had to we had to wait for them to finish in order to podcast tonight.
1: Outrageous, mm. absolutely outrageous that they were holding things up. Uh, and we are also joined from Solihull by David Law. David, what's your name? Where'd you come from?
2: <laughs> Very good. You've been waiting all day oh. to do that, haven't you?
1: <laughs> I, I've been thinking all day about it. Do you
3: remember the theme tune? da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Da-da, da-da-da-da-da.
1: Da-da, da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da. Yep. And she used to say blind to date didn't she? And your host, Cilla the
3: Black. <laughs> 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 oh, I never got that far.
1: <laughs> How are you doing, David? Right. How many messages have you received about your, um, your would-be life as a reality dating star? I'm
3: somewhat taken aback by the level of surprise that I... <laughs> did this um but um yeah that was me at age uh, i realized actually i was 21 (laughs) Uh, i was at university uh when it all happened and uh first did your mum know you'd done this no yeah i was quite quite open about it Uh, my housemates (laughs) found it very funny um
1: yeah it is extremely funny david
3: especially when i got through the first round and then had to drive to bristol for the second round and they all thought that i was going to get through um so, a bit disappointing.
1: <laughs> in fact, they just they, didn't they, have the banter.
3: I, they, 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 I think, I think one of them might have come with me, actually, and driven me down there. I don't know what he did. For that moral they. support. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, <laughs> Oh, well, what might have been?
1: Oh, oh, to be able to go back in time and meet twenty-one-year-old <laughs> David Law in between auditions for for blind date Mm. what a time would have been underwhelming for you but thanks for the thought (laughs) (laughs) on to all things tennis at the Billie Jean King Cup finals uh at which the semi-final lineup is set I really feel like I might even by our very high standards set a new record for the number of times that I say finals tonight let's see let's see how we go um The semi-final lineup is set and it will be Slovenia against Italy. That'll be the early match starting at 10 a.m. and it'll be Czechia against Canada and that one is starting not before 4 p.m. I think Czechia is probably where we should start and the way that they booked their place in that semi-final with a two-rubbers-to-one victory over the USA, I'm imagining... Matt, where you are, the the reverberations of of that match, all the outcomes are kind of still happening around you. I'm guessing Cathy Rinaldi, through no fault of yours on this occasion, Matt, is somewhere in your midst sobbing and delivering very emotional speeches right now.
2: Yes, tonight we can we can blame Molly McElwee. She was the one who asked the question that set Kathy <laughs> Rinaldi off in the press conference. That was that was after I'd asked two questions and Taylor Townsend had had called me out. And as as soon as I started speaking, she went, "Oh no, I recognise your face." <laughs> we <shunks>. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Not what you want to be told, really, but it was all in. It was all in good spirits, and I, I, I didn't set Cathy uh, Rinaldi off today. Even though I was quizzing her on her team selection, maybe we will get to that uh, because I think there was a lot to get into there, uh, particularly with the doubles. But yeah, very emotional scenes for Cathy Rinaldi, obviously, sort of bowing out as as U.S. captain and, and sort of losing to the other real sort of superweights in this tournament. I mean. I know we were talking the other day about, you know, we sort of thought maybe the U.S. could win this, playing for Cathy Rinaldi, playing for something more than themselves. But when you see that Czech team line up, you know, and realise the actual strength that they have, it was, it was always going to be a tough task to try and, you know, take out the Wimbledon champion in, in Vondrosheva and one of the best doubles teams of the last few years in Krejcikova and Siníaková, And it was just a, just a step too far, even for a very good U.S. team.
1: Well, I think we kind of need to talk about the doubles and the singles with this one together because the doubles ended up being critical. It came down to the decisive doubles tie, and I know you've got the scoop on the ground, Matt, from the the U.S. press conference that you've just been in. But there was a last minute change to the uh, U.S. doubles lineup. We thought at we thought at the time, or you thought at the time, because of how emphatic a performance Danielle Collins had put in in her singles match earlier on in the day to beat Katerina Sinayakova. It, was it your take at the time that that it was? the brilliance of that performance that earned her the spot in the doubles team alongside Taylor Townsend at the expense of Sloane Stephens?
2: Yes, I would say so. It's, it's always a little tricky with the doubles nominations because they they make them in advance of the tie, but it's it's very much left open that they can change. So, I, you know, I, don't, I think sometimes we can maybe read too much into changes of nominations in the doubles, you know, because they maybe lined it up on paper that way, but they always intended to change it. You know, um, I think there's some sort of strategy involved there. However, Kathy Rinaldi ad- admitted, which was pretty much what I thought, that she made that decision because of how convincingly Collins had beaten Siniarkova. And not only was it a convincing performance by Collins, it was a convincing performance against the person that she was going to be playing in the doubles. So she felt like that would kind of be, uh, be an advantage that they would step onto the court with. Um, I also just generally have the sense that Danielle Collins and Kathy Rinaldi are extremely close. And that is that is not taken a lot of detective work by me. You know, Danielle Collins is, is extremely open about that. And at both sort of emotional Kathy Rinaldi press conferences that I've attended this week... Danielle Collins has been the one who's sort of gone out of her way to pay tribute to Kathy Rinaldi, even if she's not necessarily asked about her. And she's put her arm around her, and she's told stories about just how much Kathy Rinaldi has helped her. You know, during COVID, she was the person that that Danielle Collins would always speak to on the phone if she was if she was feeling low. And she told a story about how. At uh, this year's French Open, she was feeling really low and came off the practice court crying. And it was Cathy Rinaldi who spent an hour with her, sort of consoling her and making her feel better. And 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 that is, you know, I think we often think of the role of the captain of these of these Billie Jean King Cup and Davis Cup captains as, you know, sort of a few weeks a year. But actually, it's a it's a full year job that they have to be looking out for and looking after their players. And I think Cathy Rinaldi has has obviously done that, you know, and. Daniel Collins has really felt that. So I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is if there was any possibility for Cathy Rinaldi to go to Danielle Collins, to feel like that was the right move, I feel like those two are so tight that she was maybe always going to make that decision. Even, even if Taylor Townsend and Daniel Collins hadn't played together for, for many, many years, David, David dug out that it would have been, it'd been six years since they had played doubles together. I think, I think an ITF event in uh, in Naples, you know, six years ago. So they didn't necessarily have the experience of a team together, but Kathy Rinaldi felt that Daniel Collins is a good doubles player in her own right, has had plenty of success on the tour in doubles with, with other partners. Taylor Townsend's obviously a class act. She felt that that was her best team. And, you know, maybe... <laughs> Maybe they didn't have a doubles team that could beat Kraychikova and Siniakova. I think it, it might well be as simple as that. And you know, the captain has to make a call, and she went with what she thought, but it, it, it didn't quite work out. But you know, it was a it was a really close match that kind of could have gone either way. Even if it did, always feel like Kraychikova and Siniakova were the better team.
3: It was you know it was fascinating to watch the match uh, unfold that doubles because I actually think. That selection is fair enough from Kathy Rinaldi when when I heard about it. I think that logic of putting up a player who has just blasted the opponent in singles and really just taken her apart. And the aggression that that Collins brings to the table, the intensity allied to that of Towns, and I can see why she went with that. And and I probably would have done the same. And and as well as digging out that stat, I, I had a look at Sloan Stevens' doubles record. It's not much to write home about, to be honest. I know she's a you know world class player who's won the U.S. Open and in singles, but you know there isn't great pedigree there. There isn't a doubles team really in that team. Uh, nothing like could the the what that what you've got there with Czechia and 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 it's. It, and yet they did push them. You know, there were four breaks to serve right at the start of the second set, two each, and they had they had the break advantage. You know, you just wondered whether they were going to start imposing that singles prowess, really. But then, of course, you know, Krachikov and Siniakova are good singles players, so it kind of cancels that out anyway. But it was just this sort of sixth sense of knowing what each other was going to do without even... And Siniakova, that little flicker of doubt that i had in my mind as to whether she might be bothered by the fact that there's collins who's just thrashed me she was a different player in the doubles you know there were there were shots that collins was hitting that you're thinking oh here we go you know she stepped on that cine would get herself back in the rally and it's almost like she's more comfortable just with the court dynamic the 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 logistics of it when it's doubles she she is she is just a more proficient tennis player, hence why her ranking is what it is. It's not just that there aren't as many good opponents in doubles. I just genuinely think she's a way better doubles player than she is a singles player. She's a good singles player. She's a brilliant doubles player. And as a pair, they're they're awesome. Um and I and I found myself thinking, you know, when I when I threw out, oh, I think I'll I'll go for the US to win this thing. It's like when I pick somebody other than Novak Djokovic, or I pick somebody other than Igor Shviantek in the final of a tournament. You know, you you find yourself thinking, Why have I done that? You know, all the evidence is that the the Czech team wins the Billie Jean King Cup, Petra Bala or whatever his whatever his record is, I think he's won it six times, you know, since he's been captain. Of course they won. <laughs> because they always win.
1: Yeah, and the 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 one person we haven't really mentioned is Marketa Vondrosheva who not only contributed massively with her emphatic victory in the singles, but also I I get the feeling is just a really popular member of that team, just fits in really well. Like she's, I feel like she's good for that team. It's, It's not, you know, here I am the Wimbledon champion now. It's not, I'm the star here. She's just, she's just, a worker bee, but a worker bee that can put in the kind of performance that she did against Sophia Kennan. She's she's a fantastic part of that team, I feel. Yeah,
2: and her record in this competition speaks for itself. She's now won 26 sets in a row in this tournament. You know, she has, Whoa. And, and, and that's across singles and doubles, mostly <laughs> singles. Incredible. incredible. Uh, but, yeah, 13 matches one in a row, all of them in straight sets. And I think exactly as you said, she's, she's a Wimbledon champion, but she's a Wimbledon champion with no real ego. And she didn't want her life, I think, to change massively after winning Wimbledon. You know, I, I, I remember we, we spoke about this immediately after she won, you know, how was her profile in the sport going to change? And, and obviously a bit, you know, but it, it doesn't really feel like it's changed enormously. And I think I think she's quite comfortable with that. And I actually asked uh, Kathy Rinaldi about that selection choice as well, to, to stick with Kennan, given that she had played three hours yesterday. And that was probably the one area where I slightly felt like she was giving a slight mixed message there, Cathy Rinaldi, in that she said... You know, I spoke to Kennin this morning and she told me that she was feeling good. So I put her out on the court. But then she said, but I'm sure she was tired. And I, and I, and I kind of thought like, well, which is it? Are you, are you trusting your own instincts on that or are you believing a player? And I'm sure that's a very difficult balance for a captain to strike. But Kennin was flat today in, in a way that she wasn't yesterday. And I think she was really struggling in the matchup as well. It didn't feel like she enjoyed having to generate her own pace, the sort of junk slow balls that Vondroshova was giving her. She just wasn't handling well at all. And look, again, it may well be a case that they didn't have a player, the US, who could knock Vondroshova off her perch in the kind of form that she's in playing for this Billie Jean King Cup team. So it doesn't feel like a sort of massive clangor at all, but I think maybe there was some reasoning that maybe she could have shaken up that that singles lineup because it was it was pretty straightforward for for Von Vosch today.
1: Do we know what Kathy Rinaldi is going to do next in her career? Because it strikes me that for the right person, she'd be a fantastic coach. She
2: is staying on as USTA head of women's development. Now, I'm not not entirely sure what that entails but i i i guess she's also very heavily involved with the juniors and i think she puts a lot of time and effort into that but yeah i i agree i think um just hearing colin speak about the way that kathy rinaldi sort of goes out of her way to mm-hmm. just look out for people as as people as much as as tennis players i think um really sort of does speak to someone who would be a great sort of one-on-one coach for someone as well. But I think I think for the moment she's she's just gonna be um mm. sort of maintaining the wider interests of of US tennis.
1: So Czechia through to face Canada, that is the second semi-final tomorrow. The first semi-final, as I said, will be Slovenia against Italy. We knew Italy were through. They booked their place in the last four yesterday. It was a shootout between Kazakhstan and Slovenia for the uh, other semi final spot. Uh, and Kazakhstan beat Slovenia, which of course meant Slovenia qualified. <laughs> Thank you, Round Robin Tennis. That what happened? <laughs>
2: Well, you said it. Yeah, that is, that is what happened. I will now try and explain why that means that Slovenia still went through. Um, basically, they had a better goal difference. They had a much better set ratio, win-loss ratio than Kazakhstan and then Australia over the course of uh, this group. Uh, and that's largely down to Kaya Yuvan, actually, who who won both of her singles matches in straight sets, uh, starting today against Anna Danilina, absolutely crushed her. You know how you know how David talks about Cameron Norrie's performance at the French Open this year as kind of his his, his gold standard for t- terrible performance from a professional tennis player
1: for the for the worst performance that a, a professional yeah. has ever he that David has ever seen a professional well, well, put in.
2: Well, it it brings me no pleasure but I would like to submit into the conversation Anna Danilina's performance today. It was it was horrible. She she couldn't find the strings. She let alone the middle of the racket. It was an it was a horror show and sort of everything she tried just made it worse, you know, because, because she couldn't find the strings, she started going for even more daring shots, you know, and sort of trying to hit drop shots that weren't on. And it it was just an absolute disaster. And Yaroslava Shvedova, the captain was just sitting on the bench, just, she looked in total shock, like like there were no words she could give because she just wasn't expecting this at all. Now there's a huge golfing class between Kaya Yuvan, who has been you know around fifty in the world at her best, and and, and is a quality player. Anna Adanelina is is currently ranked in the eight hundreds, you know, and there's probably a there's probably a conversation to be had about whether that does count as professional. You know, she is she's not maintaining a living off her singles ranking that's for sure um but as soon as that match which was won 6-1-6 love in well well under an hour by juvan that that meant that all slovenia needed to do was win a set in the two remaining matches and that is why we ended up in this really unsatisfactory Awkward situation where Tamara Zidansek came out to play Yulia Putintseva and was absolutely brilliant in the first set, just sort of dismantled Putintseva really in that first set. But she knew that she had won and therefore sent Slovenia through just after winning that first set, and then she lost the second set and retired, which was an extremely unsatisfactory way for a sort of tennis match to end and. Again, I went into the press conference and I, I phrased the question to Tamara Zidansak as such, that was, so that I gave her the opportunity to blame her shoulder injury, which we spoke about the other day and was, you know, she's playing with a lot of strapping. And, you know, I sort of said, why did you retire from that? And she didn't talk about her shoulder at all. She basically said, well, I knew I was through. So all the adrenaline went. And we're playing again tomorrow. So, sort of, why would I keep playing? Oof. And that—that that is just not a good look. I'm afraid for a tournament. That is—that is a bad format. That—that that is kind of allowed to happen. And it, it was—it was a shame because you know you want to really celebrate Slovenia. They've had an absolutely amazing moment, getting through to the semi-finals for the first time. And you know we absolutely can do that, and we should do that because you, van and and have, have done an amazing job to get them there, but the circumstances were just a bit sort of flat and weird, and that is that is not what you want.
1: With Dana, Danalina being ranked where she is, basically, and and with Kazakhstan needing to to win that tie emphatically to go through to the semi-finals, they didn't have a chance without Rabakina. That's the bottom line, isn't it? And Rabakina was was once again. A no show. I presume the reason for that, Matt, is the same as it was yesterday, and we're blaming Cancun <laughs> still. <laughs> what else can we blame on Cancun?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's there's not much to add to that. I think I think it's very important for the Kazakh Federation that sort of Elena Rebecca be seen to be here and be part of the squad. You know, I I think potentially if this was another country, then Elena Rakina wouldn't even have come, you know, because as you said, if she didn't play in this scenario, which was when they needed her most, she was clearly never going to be fit to play. So sort of what was the point of her being here? But I think, I think the way the Kazakhstan Tennis Federation works, um, you know there's a real link between the players and the federation and there's you know there's quite a lot of control that the federation has and um i think that's why Rebecca was here but i think based on the fact she didn't play today she was never going to play
1: mm, interesting okay so it is slovenia that go through to face italy in tomorrow's semi-finals on the center court today we had some dead robbers um i have got absolutely no idea what happened in them because i was mostly on a plane and uh, wasn't able to pay any attention. Matt, tell us everything. No, no need to spend too long on this portion of the show.
2: <laughs> well, the main thing that happened is that Julianne Beneteau went off. So we can we can maybe spend oh, some time on that. Okay.
1: But maybe, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, so
2: yeah, the, the two dead ties were in the evening a win for Spain over uh, Poland And in the afternoon, a win for France over Germany. Again, that was a tie that was really disrupted. There was a retirement in the second match. uh, So really not that much tennis actually played in that tie. Um, And yeah, Julien Beneteau, the French captain, was asked uh, in the encore interview afterwards to sort of give his thoughts. And he complained about the format. He said, we wanted to play for something, but with this format, it's impossible. The ITF cannot let this happen. They have two matches today on center court, two dead matches. It's impossible. If you want to promote the tennis, you can see very well all around, it says the World Cup of Tennis. Well, you cannot have two ties in a row on the same day on center court. It's complete nonsense. So I asked him in the press conference, uh, I said, could you explain the changes that you would like to see to the format so that this doesn't happen? And he said that if you don't change the format and you stay with 12 teams in groups of three, he says the first two should qualify and you should have quarterfinals because every match will therefore count. Uh he said he he said he thinks it's a real issue that you can lose your first match in a in a group format and be out sort of pretty much straight away. And and and, and that is what happened uh to France today. Uh so he, he thinks either the the group should be with four teams or they need to sort of enforce an extra round here so that so that two go through. So yeah, he was he was very, very disappointed. Um there was a statement from the ITF on the fact that the dead rubbers, you know, the dead ties took place, even though the teams couldn't progress to the semi-finals, and they pointed out that although they can't progress through the group, they are still playing for um, Billie Jean King Cup nations ranking points, uh, and that de- that determines the year-end rankings, and that determines sort of seedings for the draw for the qualifiers next year. So you know, in the sort of long term, there was, there was something on the line for those matches today, but, you know, Julian Beneteau has sort of shown that players and teams are not really thinking about that sort of stuff. They're, they're worried about qualification for the semifinals. And in that sense, there was sort of nothing on the line. And it was a, just a real, real shame that the way the schedule had been organized, that the that the dead tyres were on centre court and the live tyres were on court one. It was it, it it was a bit of a mess,
1: really. David, following on from your spectacular rant about around Robin Tennis of a couple of days ago, you've had a lot of support. I mean, it's been blown out of the water by the support that you've got <laughs> for your would-be a reality TV career. But um, you, you, you got a lot of support, but you did also get some, not some pushback, but some people gently saying round robin with groups of 3 is a very different kettle of fish to round robin with groups of 4 as we will be seeing at the ATP finals and of course at the WTA finals as well um what what say you to that
3: well i think i think that pushback ha- has something to it uh, i i do think there's less of this in in groups of 4 uh you know uh, the ATP finals WTA finals they have worked pretty well and they have a point of difference with round robin and you do get that guaranteed three matches of big stars and i and i do think there is something to that i mean listen i've been i've been watching the ATP finals since 1991 you know and and so i'm very used to that that format i still find the moments that you get the dead rubbers, or that it's this stuff about just needs to win a set, or oh, is it's going to get a game percentage? I, I just, I just don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy mm. that element of the sport. Uh, but it has been heightened in feel this particular week because I just want to see these teams go head to it, head. It was electric in the United States against Czechia tonight. You know, it was that, that's what that's what sport's all about. Two teams. There's no 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 doubts as to what as to what the ramifications, the permutations are going to be. It's just who's going to win goes through, and that is sport as as everybody understands it. So why aren't we doing that? I just don't understand, really. Why mm. why you wouldn't do that? There is a, there is going to be a way to, to figure this out so that, that that isn't necessary.
1: It is one of the toughest things I do as a TV presenter um, doing build-up into a, a dead rubber at the finals. I don't have to do it very often, mercifully, and, you know, luckily tennis is such a rich sport, can usually find something to talk about, but treading that fine line of, you know, my job is giving the people at home a reason to care and telling them why they should care, so treading that line of trying to do that, but also not take the piss and and hoodwink people watching either, and sell them sell them a dud is 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 tough. And I I suppose I do resent tennis a little bit for for putting me in that position. It's all about me, tennis. Sort yourself out. Um, we'll we'll come on to talk about the ATP finals in just a moment. But first, a quick look ahead to the. Billie Jean King Cup semi-finals. To, sorry, sorry, I've I've missed out the opportunity to say finals one more time. Uh, the Billie Jean King Cup <laughs> finals semi-finals tomorrow. Uh, Slovenia, Italy, and Czechia, Canada. Uh, what are we expecting? All I can think about is Fernandez in current form against Vondroušová. That is, that is what I'm here for. That's the party for me tomorrow.
2: Yes, I agree. I, I very much think the day will build to that crescendo. Uh in in the first one, it's quite interesting. The captains have been very consistent with their team selections. It has been Kaya Juvan and Tomaro Zidansek for Slovenia, and it has been uh Martina Trevisan and Jasmine Paolini for Italy. If that happens, the head-to-heads of those are quite interesting because Slovenia lead in the first one. Yuvan leads the head-to-head against Trevisan. Uh, and in the other one, Italy lead. Paolini leads the head-to-head against Zidanec. So if, if that stays true to form and to history, we could be in for a deciding doubles, which again would be interesting because we haven't seen Slovenia need to play Yuvan and Zidanec together yet. But that is their strongest double. So, you know, you would presume they would do that even... Even with the shoulder injury that Hansek is sort of nursing and, and mentioned, so I'm excited for that tie. I, I, I think there could be some close matches, and it, you know, it, it may well go down to the wire. And then in the other one, yeah, I think the big question is is will Stakusic be able to to sort of do it again and, and keep it going? She's she's going to be playing a again a, a sort of level up of opponent, and and who will it be? You know, the Czechs have used. Um, Noskova, Buskova, and Siniakova in singles, and they've still potentially got Krejcikova that they could use in in singles. So I think that selection will be interesting. And then, of course, as you said, Fernandez and and all of her intensity against Vondroscheva, who I wouldn't say is an intensity list player, but is just such a classy such a good player who can sort of pick apart anyone, so that's that's really intriguing as well. But I do think that the Czechs are pretty strong favourites because you would you would certainly expect them to win a singles match, if not both. I think they're favourites in both, and then they can always fall back on on the doubles as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I am, I'm excited for both ties.
1: Great, all of that to come tomorrow, starting on Sunday
0: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass.
1: You sure can, David. Wherever the stories are, the rivalries emerge and the generations clash, you can watch it all with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Be there when it happens by subscribing to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. Um, I'll get onto the draw in good time, but first and foremost, folks... Have you seen the photo? I had a brief... The official, the, icon, the iconic photo, as they call it. Mm. Brief glance. Um, th- C- could everybody just get it up in, in front of yes, them? Yes, because I okay. I haven't. So that we can do a full... <laughs> oh, I- I'm looking forward to watching your reaction the f- in the real time. Th- the first
3: thing that occurred to me... Well, I suppose there's two things. One is remember when they all used to wear those fancy suits and it was all very choreographed. I and do. Then the, the second one was remember the knitwear of Caspar Rood. Mm. Um, but I don't. Well, I, I, I can't. He's he's
1: rather was. been that that knitwear is looking. Is
2: I that mean, a poncho?
1: Some of these some of these chaps could have done with some Rude knitwear. Yes, it is, Matt. It looks to me like a sort of alpaca poncho. <laughs> it's it it it's extraordinary. <laughs> a lot of jeans. Lot of jeans. My question for you is reverse engineering this, looking at that photo, mm. what do you think the the clothing brief
2: was? Oh interesting. I thought you were gonna say what's the sort of standout outfit that we'll be looking back on in
1: That's my next in a week and saying, question. oh well of course they and were gonna win. It's definitely not Hogaruna's is it?
2: No, I mean it might be Stefano is actually <laughs>
1: <laughs> except that he He wears that stuff Mm, every day.
3: True. True. What was? I'm still trying to find the photo.
1: (laughs) David, do you want me to send you a link? (laughs) Yes, please. I can't find it. Okay, David, it should be with you now. Okay. Say say what you see. Oh my word! What are
3: they doing? (laughs) Oh dear.
1: Why why are they dressed (laughs) like that?
3: I mean, mm. is it, it's just a free-for-all, isn't it?
1: Have they just said, wear what you want? No, I think they've... No, no, no. They've been given a brief. There's no... It's not coincidence that two of them are wearing brightly coloured sports jackets, is it?
3: Alcaraz and, and those Djokovic. those do happen
1: to be Djokovic and Alcaraz, yeah.
3: I mean, listen... So that... have
1: they been given a separate, separate brief? I'm... Wear jeans and a brightly coloured sports jacket? Have Runa and Zverev been told to wear... Black and stand on the mm. end,
2: and then and then what and then Sitsipassin and, and Rublev are in similar colours, sort of on on top. Anyway, there is a sort of mirror image. There is a sort of slight symmetry to mm. it.
1: Medvedev looks entirely normal.
3: Have they been hand delivered the clothes that they need to wear? Like, uh, is it their own at all? It's uh, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs>
3: it, it's a it's a <laughs> bit weird. I mean, listen, I I'm so. Unqualified to talk about anybody's fashion, that I, I find myself sort of doubting whether I would whether I know what I'm talking about. But it it does look a bit strange to me.
1: Shall I get you onto safer ground, David, with the blind with date. The draw?
3: Okay, <laughs> okay.
1: yep. <laughs> sure. We have two groups. I don't think they they name the groups anymore, do they? They the just green reddened. group. Red and green. They used to be, you know, the Leighton Hewitt group and the Jimmy Connors group, but they ran out of players or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I don't know which way around they are, but we have one group which features Djokovic, Sinner, Sittapas and Runa. That's the green one. And the other one is Algaraz, Medvedev, Rublev and Zverev. Let's assume that's the red one. It is. Um, And... They've announced the order of play for Sunday and Monday. Sunday, we'll start with Sinner against Tsitsipas in the afternoon with djokovic Runa in the evening session. And then Monday, we'll see Alcaraz against Zverev and Medvedev against Rublev. What do we think, David? The, yeah,
3: on, when you see them written down like that, they're, they're, they're quite exciting groups, really. I think, I just, I think it's actually... A, it's a really strong lineup uh, this year. It it feels like, yeah, they they all all eight players, and I, I even include Rublev in this, who I who I do sort of downward faint praise a lot of the time as not having much acceleration to his game you know he he has his full throttle game and that's that and if you're better than that you win I feel like he's he's shown a bit more than that in the last six months um so you know and I actually think look he 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 beat Zverev the other day and I think he's I think he's playing pretty well I mean I'm looking forward to all of Djokovic's matches actually um Sinner, Sinner, because I think he's coming on strong and he's improved, and I want to they've, see...
1: They've, they've never played on a hard court, those two.
3: Right. And I want to see... It's the yardstick, isn't it? I want to see, has, has Sinner got any closer? Because he's playing well everyone, against everyone else. Um, Runa, because he's beaten him a couple of times before, and they did have another good match the other day. I suppose, look, Sitsipas re- never gets near Djokovic, does he, really? Um, but he's had a bit of a an improvement of late. Like, I, I don't know i i'm I, i'm looking forward to it i'm i think in the other group um alcaraz medvedev is the is the real standout because of the match they played at the us open sort of upsetting the the form book really there so I'm i'm looking forward to seeing that again um yeah i mean i think I think there is. Alcaraz,
1: Rublev have never played.
3: Mm, yeah, and I bet those will be spectacular rallies. I think Alcaraz generally is interesting because do you remember when Nadal just never really used to play well at the end of the year uh, and he would struggle mm. indoors. I think, I mean, I know he, he might not have such an extreme game, Alcaraz, for clay certainly as Nadal did, and an outdoor generally. But he he has not proved anything really indoors yet has he he has not really had many good results indoors at all at the end of the year and, and he looks unconvincing he looks less special to me indoors and i, I don't really know why yeah. but he made maybe he's just not informed but i don't know why
1: and it's exactly the same quandary as we always had with rafael nadal and i'm tentatively talking about nadal in in the past tense just because i don't want to jinx things or get hopes up uh, but just just know that i'm aware that i'm doing that and it makes me sad um but exactly the same quandary as we used to have with rafael nadal where it's impossible to isolate the two factors of time of year and conditions indoors to to determine what it is that's making him not a shadow of himself really is it that it's the end of a long season and he plays such a physical brand of tennis that of course he can't keep it up until the very end of the, the hall, especially when the various very biggest prizes aren't on the line, or is it because indoor tennis just doesn't suit him, doesn't suit his game or he's not used to playing on it? Why, um, why would that be? I'm sure the, I'm sure the boring answer is it's a combination of the two. Mm. Um, but I'd love to know where one factor ends and, and the other begins.
3: You got any theories, Matt, as to why Alcraz it hasn't yet? I mean, I know it's only a couple of seasons so far. He's not. I mean, injuries obviously a part. He had an injury at the end of last year. But do you know what I mean? When even when you watch him, it looks like his game is a is a little less spectacular mm. and penetrating.
2: Yeah. I mean, I did have a conversation with Matt Futterman earlier this year and about indoor sport and indoor tennis generally. And he said something which has, has, has stuck with me ever since, where he said, if, if you take an outdoor sport and put a roof on it, it, it instantly gets a little bit more boring. And I, <laughs> I do think there's something to that.
1: I'm with him and, on that, you
2: know, Carlos Alcaraz. I'm
1: absolutely you know, with him. You know, Carlos
2: Alcaraz is is all about the vibes and the and the spectacular, as you say. And and I do think that yeah, in, indoor tennis just is a little bit less of that. There's just a little bit less show generally. Uh, but uh, but I think you know, there's probably there's probably more more salient points which you've made as well about about the game and the time of year and the and the fact that he's been injured. You know, kind of the last two years, this, this time of year, I, I don't fully feel like we've, we've had a chance to see full throttle Alcaraz yet. And I hope, I hope desperately that that's what we get in Turin. I must say, these, these groups really grew on me because my, my first two reactions upon seeing them were, oh no, no alcaraz sinner, You know, that, that has been such a, a highlight whenever they've played so i was looking forward to seeing that of course they could meet later in in the tournament but you know not having that guaranteed i was a, i was initially a bit disappointed and also like i don't need medvedev Zverev in my life again like i've i've seen that match so many times and it, it it doesn't do a lot for me as a match um it'll probably be the best match of the tournament now i've said that but just generally i you know match up wise it it doesn't do much for me but as you said Sinner having to play Djokovic instead is maybe more interesting because we haven't seen it. And Sinner with the Italian crowd behind him, you know, how will how will that sort of transform him? Will it transform him like it did a couple of years ago? Runa Djokovic always tends to deliver the goods. And I think it's a really interesting group for Sitsipas to be in because, you know, I, I think of him as, I sort of think of him alongside Zverev, Rublev and Medvedev in terms of that that wave of players who were challenging the big three.
1: The OG next. Exactly. Gen.
2: And he's now in a group with the younger generation of Sinner and Runa. And there's, you know, he needs to, he needs to reassert his position a bit because he's been he's been overtaken, certainly by Sinner. Runa's coming as well. And I, I just feel like that's quite an interesting sort of Not, I mean, they're not totally different generations. There's not a huge, huge age gap between them. But in tennis terms, they feel like different generations. And I think I'm just interested to see Sitsipas go up against them rather than see matches that I feel like I've I've seen so so many times before, which is uh, Sitsipas against Rublev um, or Zverev. So I think from Mm. that point of view, I think it's quite an interesting group for Sitsipas to land in.
1: Really interesting point. I'm I'm fascinated by Rublev generally in this tournament because one of my abiding memories from the whole of last year really was Runa being here as an alternate in Turin Mm. last year and having the bad fortune of being the first alternate at one of the only ATP finals where there were no withdrawals. So he didn't get a chance to play. Usually someone falls by the wayside and David Ferrer gets a go but not this time. Um, and he was there practicing every day like a caged animal, just looking looking like he was going to burst out of his skin with desire to get out onto that match court, just the, the desperation in him. And I, I, I thought, I, I mean, looking at him then, it would have surprised me that it had been so close to the wire that he... Um, his qualification this year, obviously, the second half of the season has not gone well for him, and those problems haven't evaporated, but there have been signs of rejuvenation. I assume Boris Becker is going to be here with him this week. that'll be interesting, and I just I'm just interested whether he can take his rejuvenation to the next step because this is a a big deal for him, you know him being here last year there was I just felt like there was no way he was going to let himself not qualify. Um 12 months later so pretty interested by that. Also saw on on social media today that Alcaraz and Djokovic played a a practice set today and Djokovic won it 6-1. Oh did he? I mean probably meaningless. I can but I'm not sure there you go. I'm
3: not sure about that. Uh, I I feel like it goes with what I feel a little bit about Alcaraz at the moment, he's just—he's not what he was a couple of months ago. In at the moment, you know, it doesn't mean he's not going to be, but indoors, this—I don't think he's going to do much at this at this event, really. Um, yeah, you know, he, I'd have to see something to make me feel differently, anyway. Uh, at the moment, um, and, and just just looking at at the eight players, I, I did get a buzz of excitement because I I think all of them have a chance to to really do something. I don't feel Hope like there's a crest. player that is... <laughs> 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 I I don't look at anybody and think, oh, the, the, there are three duffers, you know, just not going get, to get a look in. I don't feel that. Um, but I do see the name Zverev and I don't feel completely comfortable about the fact that 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 I, that he's in it um and listen he he's allowed to play in it um he in the reporting of Tomanikariol he's had a penalty order for a, a domestic abuse um allegation by his former partner who's the mother of his child and he is strongly um rejecting that allegation and and contesting it and taking it to trial um and according to the court, the presumption of innocence um should continue. But, you know, I was, I was, I've had this in the pit of my stomach and I was I was trying to work out what to think, and John Wertheim today tweeted, Zverev gets to keep playing and earning, but at what price? He said, in the face of multiple domestic violence allegations, and bear in mind there have been two now, uh one of which wasn't taken to to legal authorities but which was reported um, a couple of times with, with some detail and, and was looked into by the ATP and, and they said that there was insufficient evidence to take it and actually charge him. Um, but John said in the face of multiple domestic abuse, domestic violence allegations and one adjudication, you still let a guy compete um, he said players and tournaments are put in a bad spot. Um, there are close calls. This ain't one, he said. Bad luck all round. Now, I know not everybody agrees with John on that. Not everybody agrees with me. Um, but I don't feel entirely comfortable. I won't feel entirely comfortable watching it all this next week, personally. Um, so, you know. No, enough- well,
1: it, I, I mean, I think even if you don't agree that he shouldn't be out there playing, I, I definitely don't think you should. anybody should be feeling entirely comfortable watching him right now. Um, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's extremely uncomfortable and the ATP are, are silent on it. I suppose, you know, as you say, David, the, presum- the presumption of in- innocence um, legally remains, so... The ATP, I guess, would point to the fact that from their point of view, nothing has changed, but people will have their views on that for sure. Um, we keep ending on bum notes. Anybody got any blind date anecdotes?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I was 21. What can kind of, 30 years ago. Goodness me! Was I had it floppy back
1: hair in the middle of the Lost Law
3: years. I had floppy you Grant hair. Years? And uh, no, it was it was after the Lost Law years. I'd already I'd already um, successfully you were, made you were it. Found. I'd successfully made it to university, <laughs> um, and uh, was was tearing it up. Um, apart from you know the uh, the diversion to blind date auditions that didn't go so well. That was a, that was a little regression into the Lost Law years of failure. Um, but apart from that, I was doing all right.
1: <laughs> Matt, how was lunch? That's what we can end oh, on. Oh, thank
3: goodness. There's, some,
2: uh, Except it's probably going to be terrible. Well, I changed strategy today. Oh, yeah. And went to the fan zone for lunch. Man of the people that I am, <laughs> I bought myself a burger in the t- fan zone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did you take your chocolate with you from the... <laughs> The Kazakhstan fan.
2: <laughs> I didn't actually, but that will be enjoyed in a in a quiet moment.
1: <laughs> How was the burger? Um, was it? A good it was decision? a good
2: decision. It was fine. that it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a world-beating burger, but compared to some of the food I have been having, I, I enjoyed it very much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> good what strategy. Will do, what will you do? What will you do tomorrow? <laughs>
2: Well, there are other options in the fan zone, so it may be, it may be that I, you know, try the rest of their menu.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, you'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out what he does, folks. How's that for a tease? We'll, of course, be back tomorrow with our fifth Billie Jean King Cup Finals Daily pod Two more days to go, then we get into Turin, and then we get into the Davis Cup finals. It is all happening, folks. Uh, we have our mascots throughout all of it, our trusty mascots, Zenya Maisie, and Darwin, a collective hello to you all. Billie Jean uh, is with uh, my brother, Millie at the moment, and my lovely baby niece, who's who's taking more of an interest in Billie Ooh. Jean, Is is...
3: What's is the news? What's Billy Jean make of it all?
1: Yeah, she's she's used to people taking an interest in her.
3: <laughs> is she okay with Take, people taking an interest in, in someone other than her?
1: We were concerned about jealousy, but it, she's she's been good on that front. Marvelous, remarkably mag, magnanimous. Well done, Billy Jean. Um, she is sponsored by Billy Jean King and Alana Kloss, our top folks and executive producers. Are Jamie, Drew, and Hannah?
3: I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) Jamie, Hannah, and
1: Drew. It works. Yeah, okay. I'm just trying it on for size. Uh, And we have shout outs, Matt.
2: We have Marvin Brittman in Austin, Texas.
1: Hello, Marvin. Right, Marvin. I'd love to go to Austin, Texas. Mm. It's on my to visit list. Yes, Yes, me too. Same.
3: Like Hank Marvin. Isn't that? Not a tennis player, but.
1: Isn't isn't that where Andy Roddick lives? Austin, Texas. Yes.
3: And I think his son is named Hank. (laughs) 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 Would you believe?
1: (laughs) And he used to have a dog called Billie Jean, although I, I think she's now deceased. Okay. But there you go. Very good. Quite proud of my Hank Marvin. Thank you. Hang on. Is this Marvin or Hank? <laughs> Marvin. <laughs> Marvin. Yes. Sorry. Right. So, someone, so someone having a son called Hank is, is not particularly relevant.
2: Well, no, because David came but up my, with my a... reference point was Hank, Hank Marvin. Marvin.
1: Hank. Come Hank on. Marvin Starvin. Got any rhyming slang, isn't it? Marvin, <laughs> we've got quite far from the point, but thank you, thank you very much for your support.
2: We've also got Alex Green, who is in the Wirral. All
1: right, Alex. Hello, Alex, in the Wirral. The Skubskis are from that area, aren't they? They are. Alex Uh, Bogdanovich. (laughs) Yep. Alex Alex O'Brien,
3: an an American uh, tennis player from yesteryear. So why on earth didn't either one of us come up with Alex Diminor, but Matt did? Putting us both to shame.
2: No, I think you're putting me to shame. The more obscure is, uh, it's more impressive oh. in many ways. Oh, thank you,
3: Matt. Thank you very much. Okay, well, then greens. Uh, well, can the I just green
1: group? <laughs> the green group in the ATP finals.
3: Yes. Can Can okay. I also just say Alex Antonich, an Austrian tennis player from my era of the 90s? Okay, Matt? Now there's. <laughs>
1: You can and you have. No, he's just he's a showing a commentator
3: off. now. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, if you can, do, I say.
2: <laughs> we Thank move you, Alex. on to Morag. We know Morag. All right, Morag.
1: Morag McLeod. Yes. Hey. Hello, Morag. Morag is
2: in Scotland and she says, I share a birthday with, if not the tennis talent of Bianca Andrescu.
1: Oh, I haven't done much thinking about Bianca Andrescu recently. That's not good, is it? No. Anyway. But still. Anyway.
3: A good a good person to s- sort of share anything with, I'd say, Morag.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Morag, for your continued support.
2: Yeah. And Thank you. And finally, we have Jake from Oakland, California. And Jake was one of our newsletter predictors during the French Open this year. I met Jake in Paris. Very nice guy. Go,
3: Jake. Uh,
2: how did he get on?
1: Hello, Jake. In the predictions? O- Oakland, formerly home of the Raiders. I have an Oakland Raiders cap. Some, Or my parents do somewhere in their <laughs> loft from a family holiday in California.
3: You're quite into now, the old Vegas NFL Raiders. now, aren't you? you? You quite like it.
1: Well, I mean, that was from sort of 1998. <laughs> but you do, that, don't you? But just showing off my extensive <laughs> knowledge, David. If you can, do. <laughs>
3: Jake like Jake Garner the former uh, umpire and now a referee.
1: Very good.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Very, very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you very much Jake. Thanks to all our shout outs. Thank so you funny? everyone. My dad is going to hate this podcast. He's already sent me two messages about there being too much giggling this week. Sorry, and he Mr. mentioned it on the phone earlier. <laughs> Sorry dad. <laughs>